This is the Equip Podcast from Cornerstone Church of Ames, a podcast designed to help you live a gospel-fueled and faithful life wherever Jesus has called you. Welcome again to the Equip Podcast from Cornerstone Church. So glad to be with you today. My name is Mark Vance, and today we're going to talk about New Year's resolutions and goals. Now, this podcast, I'm not going to solve the endless debate about whether you should or should not set New Year's resolution and goals. Instead, I'm just entering saying many people at the beginning of the year are setting them. And, you know, there are some concrete uh, patterns in Christian history that give you some credible reasons to set goals. I mean, think of Jonathan Edwards, who set his famous 70 resolutions that directed his life, the Wesleyan Methodist uh, movement. There's a lot of of reasons in wisdom to set goals at a new year. But I want to talk a little bit about how to set great goals, in particular the sort of mindset we can take in as Christians. And all of this is underneath the heading of Proverbs 16, verse 9, which says, a man plans his way, but the Lord determines his steps. It's a person's heart that plans, but it's really the Lord who determines. So we hold all of these resolutions and goals with that sort of loose grip. So I want to cover two big areas today on the podcast, what goals and resolutions are not, and how to set great goals, where I have four principles that I think could help you out. So first off, what New Year's resolutions and goals are not? First, they are not a pathway to full contentment and happiness. So if you do this wrong, you're going to say, if I just get these three things done, my life is going to be great. We cannot New Year's resolution our way to fixing the sin curse, okay? Life is always going to have some difficulty and trial and pain to it. Goals don't eliminate that. That's not realistic. They're not a full pathway to happiness. They're also not things that I think you should think of as all-in, like done 100% perfect or not good at all. You know, if you set a resolution to becoming more kind and you don't become perfectly kind, it's not like you failed. You've moved the ball somewhere. And I think that that picture of a step forward, not toward perfect happiness, but toward faithfulness, that's the best mindset to have. Goals are not supposed to be a perfect pathway to happiness or something that if that's not done perfectly, it's a failure. Instead, I want you to think of a New Year's resolution or a goal list as these are concrete steps toward faithfulness where God has called me. If God has called me as a father, what is a concrete step I can take to get a little bit better? Not all or nothing, not a perfect pathway to happiness, but growth in faithfulness. That's the goal of a New Year's resolution. So if that's what a goal is about, that's a New Year's resolution, put that mindset on. This is a concrete step that I'm going to take toward faithfulness. Now, how can you set great goals for a new year? I'm going to give four principles that have guided me. I think they can be really helpful to you. The first principle is this. When it comes to setting goals, whether this is New Year's resolution or anything else in your life of growth, it is very helpful to, number one, have a consistent approach or a consistent set of tools that you go back to to help you find the areas to grow. 
If you need some tools to help you order this, by the way, look up the teaching from this coming Sunday at Cornerstone on January 8th. We're going to be going through kind of an end-of-year alignment with some tools that we've put together in a gospel life planning process called Blueprint. We're going to give five tools, things to look at your life-making spiritual rhythms, how to look at what you do daily with your quiet times and time with the Lord and weekly to pursue God. We're going to look at the five C's of your calling. We're going to evaluate your health and life stage. We're going to give you a dashboard of health, love, work, play, and finances. In other words, each of those five tools are helping you concrete and consistently, concretely and consistently, look at the same areas of your life in order to set goals. So let me just unpack one of those on the podcast briefly. We're going to talk about this in greater depth again on Sunday, January the 8th at Cornerstone, but that's a dashboard that looks at five areas where you're called to be faithful, health, love, work, play, or rest, and finances. Those five areas, health, love, work, play, finances. When I talk about having a consistent approach to goal setting, it's helpful if each year when you are looking at your New Year's resolutions, you look at those five categories. So health, you could ask some questions about where's my, you know, my personal physical health at? I could evaluate whether I'm eating right, whether I'm moving regularly, whether I'm relaxing properly and sleeping right, physical health. You know, mental health or your emotional health. Maybe you need to grow an emotional uh, granularity. I'm I'm trying to find a less complicated word than granularity. Just the emotions that you know how to express and what you understand. Maybe that's a place of personal health to grow. So health is a place to evaluate every year for me. Love. In that, what I'm talking particularly about is social relationships. Is there health in my core relationships? Am I living out of the health of my married or singled state? Do I have core friendships that are close? Do I need to move to pursue those? Here's another one under love I ask is, is there any brokenness that needs to be resolved in my life? Evaluate that. Maybe there's some growth there. Work. Health, love, work. Work has to do not just with what you're paid to do, but what your purpose is. And I think of what it means to be fruitful and faithful underneath. Fruitfulness has to do with intentionality. Are there certain goals you need to achieve? Is there a certain place you need to go to in your workplace, in your family, maybe your stay-at-home mom? You need to give more intention to ordering your children. Whatever it would look, how can I be fruitful? But then faithfulness has to do with not intentionality, but grit. Everyone will have a job at some point in their life where, frankly, it's just not very fun in that season of work, and you don't need to get out. You just need to buckle down. You need to be gritty. Maybe that's where you're at. So health, love, work. Then another category to evaluate there is play. That just has to do with joy. What do you have coming up in the next six to nine months of joyful and fun activities? How are you building out in the next six to nine months joy and fun in your relationships? And then finally, let's talk about finances, your stewardship of the financial resources that God has entrusted to you. Think about your money every year. Are you giving first, saving second, living on what is left over? Are you avoiding bad debt? Would you characterize your life as living with a grateful simplicity and a radical generosity? Okay, here's the point that I'm making under this first big idea on how to set great New Year's goals is this. It helps to have a consistent framework that you return back to year after year so that you're consistently looking at the same areas of life and asking, am I being faithful here? 
if you're just kind of randomly choosing goals, what will happen is that you might make progress in an area, but the way to really make progress is not to do a great job for one year, but to stack wins in the same area. Every year to get a little bit more healthy physically, that's much more achievable than one year I set a crazy physical goal and then I kind of neglect it. It's consistency in the long term that produces a lifetime of change. So how to set great New Year's goals? Find five or six tools or questions or lists that you work through every year. I do this three or four times a year. You might just do this one time a year at New Year's. That's fine. But the consistency of your approach will yield a long-term fruit. Okay, second principle to having great goals. I had to take a drink of water there because one goal I have is to stay well hydrated on this podcast. Okay, so back back on goals. Second place where you can grow in setting great goals is to set SMART goals. And when I say SMART, I'm using an acronym. I don't know who came up with this, but S-M-A-R-T. Goals that get done are SMART. They are specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and timely. Okay, I'm going to get into each of those. SMART goals are specific. If you just say under, like, let's take the category of love, I want to be a better husband. Well, that's a fine goal, but it's really not very specific. Instead, you could say this, I want to spend 10 minutes a day having a touch-based conversation with my wife. Okay, that's specific. It's measurable, right? It's 10 minutes a day. Something that's measurable is really helpful when it comes to setting goals. It's achievable. I didn't say, I'm going to spend 130 minutes holding hands, staring at each other, loving each other every day. I mean, that's not, maybe that's achievable for some married couples, but certainly not if you have kids my kids' age. There's no way we'd do that. So many goals that we set, they're just too crazy. If you're like, people, people have these couch to 5K goals. A couch to 5K, that makes sense if you're just starting as a runner. A couch to ultra marathon, that's a bad idea. Like that's not achievable. Okay, so set an achievable goal. They're specific, they're measurable, they're achievable, they are relevant. And by relevant, what, it, what we mean there is they're meaningful. If you look at the areas of health, love, work, play, finances, if you make a change in one of those areas, it makes an impact in your life. If you're like throwing out goals that make no sense, they're not connected to how you live, they're not relevant. And then finally, timely. I think it's helpful personally to approach goal setting by like a 90-day time limit or maybe a seasonal time limit. For me at the new year, I generally set goals that I want to be working on from January to May. That time limit, then I'll go back, I'll reevaluate it at the end of it, and I'll change my goals around. I'll evaluate my progress. Those are SMART goals. Specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and timely. Okay, so we're talking about how to set great goals at the beginning of a new year. Number one, have a consistent approach. Number two, set SMART goals. Number three, and this is related to the last principle, the timeliness principle, focus on goals that are achieved one quarter at a time. I'm getting this principle from an entrepreneurial coach named Dan Sullivan, and um, several members of Cornerstone, particularly Brent Haverkamp, introduced me to his writings and his teachings, and he has a concept that he talks about called thinking in 100 quarters. So if you think about it, 
25 years of your life, if you broke it down into quarters, you know, one quarter of the year, each year, roughly 90 days is one quarter of a year, roughly. Well, that would mean in 25 years, you have 100 quarters of your life. The reality is you can't do all that much in a 90-day time span. You can you can move the dial some. You can, you know, maybe if you're a runner, you could improve your mile time slightly, but you're not going to go from running a nine-minute mile to running a five-minute mile in 90 days. It's just not realistically helpful. However, let's say you move the ball forward. You made a step forward. You improved a little bit every 90 days for 10 quarters in a row. Here's the thing. You can achieve very little in one quarter of your life. But over 25 years, that's 100 quarters. You can make an incredible amount of change if you think about it in terms of working one quarter at a time. And so Dan Sullivan's principle is this. While you're aware that you want to make an impact over 25 years, you need to focus only on this quarter ahead of you. That has to do with smart goals, setting timely goals. My coaching to you, if I were coming alongside you, if you were working here at Cornerstone, we'd be saying set goals for this particular time frame and focus on trying to do the best you can in that quarter. And don't change the goals around. Okay, so this is another principle I found is focusing only on this quarter means you don't change the goals up every two weeks if you don't like them. Steadiness inside that quarter will be what helps you to move the ball forward. Okay. So here's the three great goal principles we've talked about. Have a consistent set of tools you use every year or every quarter to set your goals. Second, set those goals in a smart way. Make them specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and timely. Thirdly, focus only on the quarter ahead of you. Don't try to achieve 25 years worth of work in 90 days. Just set a 90-day goal. Don't change it and try to do what you can. Here's the fourth principle. This one, by the way, is the most important. I saved the best for last. That's this. Set your goals humbly. Plan with humility. Proverbs 69 says, A man plans his way, but it's the Lord who determines his steps. James chapter 4 says, Come now, you who would say today or tomorrow, we'll travel to such and such a city, we'll spend a year there, we'll do business, we'll make a profit, yet you don't know what tomorrow will bring, what your life will be. You are like a vapor that appears for a while, then vanishes. Instead, we should say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. Okay, some people have read those verses and said, well, since we, it, it's just evil and arrogant to do any sort of goal setting. Well, okay, I I don't think that's what James is saying. I think James is saying there is an arrogant or evil way to do goal setting. You can set and prepare your way and plan your steps, but ultimately it's the Lord who determines where your steps will go. Unless the Lord builds the house, its laborers are building in vain. James 4 and Proverbs 16, 9, what they're reminding us to do is plan our goals with open hands. Our goals are not us dictating to God in heaven what must happen in our life. Instead, they're the best we can do at any moment in time to take a specific and concrete step toward faithfulness. But here's the thing. God could change your whole life around tomorrow. 
You don't know the tragedy that could hit that would upend every goal you'd have. Maybe you had this incredible goal about how you were going to get yourself healthy, but you know what? The next week, something happens with a tragic accident in a relative's life, and you're not going to have the time that you had. Now faithfulness looks different. If you say, well, no, my goals have to be achieved no matter what, well, then you're not being realistic about the fact that your life is a vapor, and you have very little control over what's going to happen today or tomorrow. That doesn't mean you don't plan. It just means you plan with humility. You set your goals for the next year and say, Lord willing, if the Lord wills, we will live and we'll do this or that. And as far as I can see today, the next concrete steps I can take toward faithfulness would look like this. So, My hope is that I've given you a little bit of wisdom on how to set great goals. Goals aren't the pathway to happiness. They're not all or nothing. They're just steps toward faithfulness. And you'll be helped if you have a consistent approach, a consistent set of tools you return back to year after year. If you set your goals in a way that is smart, specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and timely. If you focus only on this quarter, trying to be faithful in the next 90 days, and if in all of it, you offer your way to the Lord and you plan humbly. I think those tools are going to help you to set some great goals. So here's the last question you might be asking, which is, Mark, so all this talk about goal setting, what are you going to be doing in the new year personally? So I'm going to share a little bit of the reflections that I've had on what I think the next 90 days has for me. So I often will pick a theme verse. And so right now, the one I'm repeating over and over to myself is out of Isaiah chapter 40 where Isaiah asks, Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the whole earth. He never becomes faint or weary. There is no limit to his understanding. He gives strength to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Young men may become faint and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. That phrase Those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. That's a promise. I'm leaning on that. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not faint. So right now is a season of renewal in my life, where those who wait on the Lord and trust in the Lord will renew their strength. And so a lot of my goals that I've set for the next 90 days as I look forward have to do with that idea of renewal, of a renewed strength in the Lord and in life. And so here's one of them. I want to grow in what I'm just calling a, a rooted and anchored calm. I've noticed that I've had more tendency the past year toward frustration and anger that I would like. And so a goal that I have, and this one is a little less measurable, is that I would be measurably and noticeably more patient, gentle, and calm inside of this next 90 days. Now, how am I going to get there? That has to do with my second goal. To cultivate that sense of rootedness and calm, I need to be, secondly, often retreating to be with the Lord in silence, solitude, and simplicity of life. So I am trying to have a daily time with the Lord in silence and solitude, a weekly extended time inside of my Sabbath, and then monthly retreats where I am often retreating to be with the Lord, to pray, to be in silence, to be alone. Third big goal for me in this next 90 days 
has to do with what we do when we gather as a church. I just feel a deep need to help our church realize that when we gather every week, we're doing something very different than we do in any other space. I, the phrase I have in my head is, I want to create 60 minutes of sacred space every Sunday, where it is holy unto the Lord. It's not a space for entertainment. It's not just a space for social connection. It's us gathering before a holy God to be together in his presence. 60 sacred minutes every week. And then the fourth goal that I have has to do with giving clarity in candid conversation to help transition some major ministries in our church. Right now, we have a new team coming in in Salt Company. That's a big deal for us. Uh, Cornerstone is going to be planting a church in Generations Church in Eugene, Oregon, and helping a church in Purdue and West Lafayette, Indiana get going. Salt Network is moving from being a ministry of Cornerstone Church to being on its own with its own offices, where Troy and Ryan and Courtney are leading out in incredible new ways. And we've had a major shift in our global ministry as Mike Easton has uh, left to help head international ministry with Reliant, and Eric Warren is in there. We have some exciting new opportunities with partnering with church planting globally, where I, as lead pastor here, need to both provide some clarity, but also be candid in that clarity in those areas of transition. I need to give some specific leadership. So as I look at the next 90 days, those are four areas of focus. I have a few other things that relate to my family and some things I want to do as a leader inside of Ames, but those particular four I'm reviewing regularly. I actually honestly pray through these every day for the next 90 days. God, help me to grow in a rooted sense of calm, to move from frustration and anger to patience, gentleness, and peace. God, help me to know how to pull away to, like Jesus, be often retreating from the crowds to be with God in silence, simplicity, and solitude. I'm trying to remind myself of that. God, help me cultivate a sense of 60 sacred minutes every week for our church as we gather. And God, give me clarity and candor as I try to shepherd through major transitions in our ministries at Cornerstone. Those next 90 days, I think those are the steps God has for me for faithfulness. I'm going to try to do the best I can at that, and I think that if I'll move the ball on those those inside this quarter, that God would ultimately use that for good in my life and the lives of others. So my hope is that this little conversation about New Year's resolutions would help you to do some thinking on your own, not about how to make your life perfect, but how to take a concrete, simple step toward faithfulness. Think about that as you're planning the year ahead.